Welcome to The Loop with Stan Guthrie. As an author and communicator, Stan offers a critical and often humorous look at the day's issues, all from a distinctly Christian perspective. From his home studio in Chicagoland, where it snows far too often for his tastes, Stan cheerfully takes on all comers in a culture that is losing its mind without losing his. And now, here is Stan Guthrie. The Loop with Stan Guthrie is not a political podcast, but that doesn't mean I'll never talk about politics, but I'll try to do it from the perspective of a Christian who's dealing with moral and spiritual issues. And today I need to talk about the Democratic Party, which I am calling the Party of Death. Now that seems pretty harsh until you see what the new Democratic minority in the House has done. On Wednesday, the Democratic voted almost to a man or woman against the Born Alive Infants Protection Act, which was passed by the slim Republican majority, with, I believe, only one Democratic vote, Henry Cuellar of Texas. Now, the reason this is important is that it shows how far the Democrats have sold out or sold out their souls to the pro-abortion lobby. Now, the fact is, this bill does not say anything about abortion. All it says is that if an infant is born alive and survives an abortion attempt, that the doctor is legally required to give life-sustaining care. And that seems pretty obvious for a doctor who supposedly has taken the Hippocratic Oath to do no harm. But that was too much for Democrats. As I said, almost to a person, they voted against it. Trying to explain away his vote, Representative Sidney Kamlager Dove, Democrat of California, said, We all know what this is about. It's not about the protection of newborn children. It's about control. It's about the nationwide abortion ban that Republicans have been itching to enact since the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Now, that's just patently absurd. This bill had nothing to do with the nationwide abortion ban. In fact, it has nothing to do with abortion. However, the vote of Cam Lager Dove and more than 200 other fellow Democrats is all about protecting the abortion lobby and selling the American people a lie. And it's really, really discouraging. It brings to mind how far the Democratic Party has fallen. I'm old enough to remember when the Democratic Party incredibly bill itself as the party of the little guy. Well, no more. Here's what Richard J. Daley, the longtime mayor of Chicago, said back in the day. I'm sure he wouldn't even recognize today's Democratic Party. He said, quote, the Democratic Party is the party that opened its arms. We opened them to every nationality, every creed. We opened them to immigrants. The Democratic Party is the party of the people. Well, with this vote against the newly born, I really don't think they can credibly say that anymore. They have closed their 
arms and more than that, their hearts to the newborn life that this bill is seeking to protect. And it's a real shame. And if that's not enough, the Democrats voted again in lockstep against resolution passed by the Republican majority to protect pregnancy care centers. Nearly every Democrat opposed this bill. The Republicans voted 222 to 209 in favor of protecting pregnancy care centers, and the Democrats stood aside. (laughs) The resolution was passed in response to the wave of political violence targeting pro-life groups and churches that erupted last year after the Supreme Court handed down the Dobbs decision, which overturned Roe versus Wade. Numerous press reports have shown that more than 100 crisis pregnancy centers, pro-life organizations, and churches were firebombed, smashed, ransacked, or vandalized with pro-abortion graffiti and threatening messages. Now, that's the kind of thing that the FBI normally would jump on because they are against organized violent groups, and yet there's not been a single arrest in all the months since these things started. So it almost seems like the FBI doesn't give a darn either. The Democratic Party has fallen a great ways. And I'm not saying you can't be a Christian and be a Democrat. There are many fine Christians that I know who are Democrats. But I would say, if you are going to support this party, which seems so clearly on the side of death, on the issue of human life, then you need to take a stand. You need to speak up. You need to make these issues a priority. God will not overlook those who condemn the innocent, allow the unborn and the newly born to be dismembered and thrown into trash dumpsters and have their organs sold for pro-abort groups. That's just not right. We can't allow it to happen. If you're going to call yourself a Democrat, be a Democrat in the image of Richard J. Daley, who was no angel, but he wouldn't fit in today's party by any means. There are two kinds of people in this world. The first are those who are sticklers for rules of grammar, for proper spelling, for proper word usage, and they have no time for poor use of the language. The other group is those who really don't care. Fortunately, I'm in the first group. (laughs) And so I'd like to tell you about an article that I saw. It It describes an annual listing by Lake Superior State University in Michigan with its annual tongue-in-cheek collection of 10 banished expressions nominated by people from around the world who don't believe in terms such as GOAT, G-O-A-T, the greatest of all time. (laughs) That's just one example, but it's ubiquitous and it's annoying. Every time I think of the GOAT, when someone's talking about Michael Jordan or Tom Brady or whoever, I think of a goat. It's very annoying. Why not just say he's the best athlete of all time, best basketball player, superlative athlete, great. Instead, we just say goat, and it just reminds me of a barnyard. So I don't like it. I'm glad we're at least uh, thinking about getting rid of it. Here are some others. Inflection point. It's a fancy term from the field of mathematics. 
which probably doesn't mean what most people think it means. They use it to mean pivot point. Let's get rid of that one. Now, here's a funny one. Gaslighting. Last year, you may recall, Merriam-Webster made gaslighting the word of the year. And now, Lake Superior State University has had enough already. And I think I agree with them. You see the word everywhere. And the actual definition of the word gaslighting is psychological manipulation of a person, usually over an extended period of time that causes the victim to question the validity of their own thoughts, perception of reality, or memories. and typically leads to confusion, loss of confidence, and self-esteem. The word itself is perfectly fine, but it's overused. Basically, when people say it, they just mean you're lying. And gaslighting is a little more involved, and let's use it when we really need it. Here's another word, irregardless. <laughs> one would have thought, wouldn't one, that this word would have been banished long ago. It is used with the same sense as regardless. Regardless of what happened, he was still a good guy. What does irregardless mean? It means the same thing. The IR in front of regardless is superfluous and it speaks of profound ignorance of English language and grammar. Here's a few phrases that the school would like to get rid of. Maybe it's a little harsh, but hey, let's go with it. One is the phrase moving forward. Well, since we can't really move backward in time, moving forward is kind of redundant and cliched. And so let's come up with something else like in the future, or how about if we do this? <laughs> Here's another one. Does that make sense? Hopefully, if you're speaking in English, it does make sense. Although, as we've seen in the worlds of politics and entertainment and everyday conversation, the fact that someone's lips are moving doesn't mean that they're making sense. So I can maybe let that one slide a little bit. But here's one that I really hate. <laughs> I joke about it with Christine almost all the time. It conveys something, but I'm not sure what. And the expression is, it is what it is which means what it is. I don't know what it means other than here it is and we can't do anything about it. And that conveys something. And it's probably not the worst thing in the world, but it has been overused. Now, here's what Peter Zatmary, the university executive director of marketing and communications says, and I agree with him. Words and terms matter, or at least they should. <laughs> and I totally I totally feel his pain as someone who's in a university setting. He must be shocked at some of the low level, not only of his students, but maybe even his professors. So people, let's up our game. If that's not too cliched and let's use words as if they really matter because they do. Words convey thoughts, thoughts convey ideas and ideas convey truth.
Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time on The Loop with Stan Guthrie.